Thank you, guys. That was awesome. All right, so uh, our verse today is 1 Peter 5, 8. So if you want to turn there, pretty short verse, but a whole lot kind of coming out of that. So 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So we've all heard this, right? Um, and the message tonight is nothing groundbreaking or uh, there's no new revelation that I've been given or anything here. Um, pretty straightforward stuff, but it's good things for everyone to kind of keep in mind uh, and just kind of a warning and some guardrails and things to kind of be on the lookout today. Um, so I, uh, we went over this verse, I don't know, a few months ago. It came up in one of the sermons. Um, and since then, it's always been bouncing around in my mind. And usually that's, to me, kind of an indi- indication that uh, it's, it's an important topic because it just stays in there bouncing around. So uh, with this one, the thought I had was, uh, if your devil is a roaring lion, that kind of puts you in the prey position, Right. So, um, so there's a lot of things, it, it just, the more I thought about it, the more parallels there were between the lion and the prey, the predator and the prey, and, uh, the tactics used by an actual lion hunting their actual prey. Um, so starting to prepare for this, first thing I did is I just, uh, just Googled some random facts about lions and how they hunt. Um, obviously, we all know smallest and the easiest is what they're going to go for, right? That's pretty straightforward. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting, again, every time you're going through this stuff, you see these parallels, and you're like, huh, that's an interesting thought. Um, it mentions that uh, most hunting done by lions is under cover of darkness. In the gloom of an African night, they can easily observe and stalk their prey without the threat of detection. It's actually quite common for lions to sit and observe their prey during daylight hours, usually just before sunset. But they mostly wait until after dark before launching an attack. So, you know, it just makes me think, when do most people go to bars and clubs? And uh, when do just a lot of of these things just happen? And it kind of lends itself to these type of activities, right? Um, Whether it's drinking or... uh, you know, just really just any illegality. Um, so uh, the devil, just like a lion here, he's observing us at all times. He's sitting and observing because he's waiting for that opportunity to strike. So, um, and what better time to strike with the cover of darkness? It, it helps to conceal him. It helps to get in there, and it has that uh, potential to open that door, Right. So I just thought, interesting parallel. Um, This next one, I thought was interesting, how the author worded this in particular. Um, Mostly, lions prefer to attack the weaker, older ones, and the calves for better conversion. So here the author's talking about better conversion in success in the hunt, right? But when you parallel that with the um, spiritual aspect... The devil's also looking for his own conversion, right? He's looking to convert us. So I just thought that was an interesting use of the word conversion there uh, when this was taken purely talking about how a lion hunts gazelles or whatever. But it's interesting that that word is used and how applicable it is for the devil when he's looking to 
for us to fall. So, um, so I'm going to go crazy here, and I'm going to give you all the points right up front, so uh, so you know what's coming. Um, so there's there's kind of five things. Uh, actually, let me. Well, yeah, we'll go to, go into it. So there's five things. Uh, that kind of help make us a target or make us an easier target for the devil as the lion. Um, one is uh, if we're weak, if we're young, if we're wounded, if we're sick, or if we're isolated. All right? And then you might want to get your pens or pencils out because this is, uh, is going to be mind-blowing. But just to help you guys remember this, I came up with a pretty amazing uh, acronym or you know, memory aid here. So if you go to the next slide... If just remember, we will see. That's all you got to do, and and then you got this down. So just remember that, and you'll be good. You'll know this, and you can teach it to anyone going forward. All right. So we will see. All right. Awesome. So, uh, so this message I've titled it "The Pray," um, and let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to be up here. Um, I pray that your word is handled carefully and correctly and um, that it is delivered as you would have it delivered and that uh, the message uh, lands where it should, that hearts are soft, ears are open, um, and that it's a benefit and, uh, and it edifies everyone here. So, uh, God, I pray that you be glorified and thank you so much for this day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So first, um, we'll move into week all right, so this is the first way in which you can be an easier target for the devil. Um, now, keep in mind with all of these, every different uh, way to soften the target here, we're talking spiritually and physically in most of these. So, um, you know, different ways of attack, but still both effective means. So in this one, we see in Isaiah um, regarding weakness, uh, Isaiah 40, and just so you know, I have a lot of verses here, so um, I'm probably just going to run through them quickly, um, but we'll have them up on the board. So, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 29. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. So the first thing to recognize here is we don't want to be weak spiritually or physically, but realize that any strength that we do have comes from him originally, right? So there's nothing in and of ourselves that's worthwhile or um, that we're self-reliant. That It all comes from him. So that's the first point here is we're not alone here. It's his strength that he gives to us that we can rely on. So um, when you're in that period, that state of weakness know that it's not, just, it's not just you there. You've got God's strength to help you through that point. Um, but what are a couple ways that we can weaken ourselves? So the first one, uh, not praying. So prayer is powerful, right? Um, first and foremost. So we see uh, so many examples throughout the Bible. We got Moses. Um, now he's kind of talking to God, but I would say prayer, where he's interceding for the Israelites when they're worshiping a false idol while he's talking to God. Um, we've got Elijah on Mount Carmel when he prays that uh, God would prove himself by sending the fire from the sky and burning up the drenched wood in front of the Baal worshipers. Um, and over and over we see prayers answered and outcomes changed and uh, you know everything just through the power of prayer. 
So that's the first thing to recognize is that prayer is not just words you say. It's powerful. It has power, and it helps, you, it helps to develop that relationship between you and God. Um, so we see in Second Chronicles 7, 14, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So a um, couple things here. So uh, humble themselves, right? Because first you need to humble yourself to recognize that it's, not in your own strength, and it's not just you that can make anything happen. And I think it's easy for us to just go right into, okay, maybe, and it could come from a different way, uh, a few different ways. Maybe it's, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I'm bothering God, so I'm going to just try to handle this, and I'm just going to try to power through it, right? Or maybe it's because I don't need God, I'm going to try to power through it. So there's many ways that this can come from. Either way, it's wrong, because God wants you to come to him, and he wants to help you in your way, and he's looking for that relationship and for your dependence on him because we're dependent on him for every breath anyway. We just need to recognize it, right? Um, so, so first off, we have to humble ourselves, um, realize it's not just us, and then it says, and pray, and seek my face, okay, and turn from our wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Now, I think it's interesting. Um, you see, uh, pray, turn from their wicked ways. Uh, oh, and turn and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. So it's not just a matter of prayer. In fact, there's a couple verses here, um, just the ones that I've pulled out, that actually shows that there's a little bit of danger here that we do need to be aware of. Um, we need to use prayer rightly. So if we look at Matthew twenty three fourteen, it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. So these people are uh, hypocrites, devouring houses, and they're praying for show, Right? And it goes on to say, um, you will receive greater damnation. It's, you're making a mockery of this relationship that you're supposed to be having with God. So, um, it's, you know, prayer is to be used rightly. Another one, Proverbs 28.9 says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. So, if I'm, if I'm knowingly sinning, I know that uh, there's something wrong in my life, uh, and then I'm continuing to go to God in prayer. So I'm seeking this relationship with God, but God has already commanded me to do certain things, or maybe not to do certain things, but I'm willingly doing them while trying to maintain my relationship with Him. That's, that's trying to walk two different sides of the line, right? So... Um, it says his prayer shall be an abomination because you can't seek to walk with God while seeking to walk away from God. It's, it doesn't make any sense. So um, realize that prayer is powerful, but it can also be a, a damning um, uh, a practice if, if you're doing it unrighteously or, or um, basically just in open, willing sin. It's similar, um, what it reminds me of is uh, whenever Paul uh, writes to, I can't remember which church, but he says, uh, 
that basically you're sick because you're partaking in um, the offer or the uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, communion uh, and you're willingly sinning. So uh, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. You're in willing sin, and the prayer is actually damning you, even though you're trying to walk both sides. So, um, so you're making yourself weak by uh, keeping yourself from that relationship by not praying. So we need to pray. Second way to um, make ourselves an easy target for the devil, the lion, um, is not being in our Bible. So if we don't know the word of God, we, don't, we can't know how to follow his word, right? Um, so if we see in Deuteronomy 8.3, it says, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee known, or he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, uh, bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So, he's saying here, uh, we don't live just by eating our food. We live by the word of God. And he's, what he's saying is that the word of God is, he's saying, uh, you don't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. He's putting them equally, but I would say that really the word of God is elevated even above your daily bread. The word of God is eternal bread. That's for eternal life and eternity. That's obviously a higher level than your daily bread, which is for daily life, right? So um, right off the bat, he's saying, like, you think that your food is important. You better be in your Bible, and you better know the word that I've given you because that is what saves, uh, that gives you uh, the knowledge of what I desire and the path that I have. So, um, So making yourself weak and ways to help strengthen yourself is by being in the Bible and praying. Those are kind of the basics of Christianity, right? That's where, that's kind of the starting spot where we should be. Um, second way that we can be an easy target for uh, the prowling, the uh, roaring lion is uh, by being young. So luckily a lot of us are good. We don't even have to worry about that, so I just won't even talk about it. But um, No, unfortunately... Again, I said spiritually and physically, right? So um, whether we're spiritually young or physically young, both have their problems uh, in that they offer ends for the devil to attack. Um, So we're called to mature. We're not to stay young Christians. And we've all heard many of these these verses, but um, 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. All right, so he's saying right off the bat, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord. We can't stay stagnant. If you're staying stagnant, you're falling behind. Um, So we need to grow, but that's that's an intentional act. You have to pursue that. You can't just, um, you know, "Ah, I read the Bible once, and then now you're like, okay, Bible. I don't have to read the Bible. I already read it through once already, so done with that. Um, and then go to YouTube videos or something like that. Um, but because as many of you know, hopefully all of you know, you can read the Bible 20 times through, and each time you're finding whole new different meanings in all the verses that you're reading, right? So it's an intentional act. You, need, you have to seek to grow. You can't just do it. Um, 
in 1 Peter 2, 2, it says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. All right, so this one, I, a couple things. Um, obviously, desire the milk of the word. Um, so desire to be in your Bible. And it's interesting how the more you're in the Bible, the more you desire to be in the Bible, right? Um, but along with this, I think that uh, it also tells us that we need to be a little discerning, Right? So maybe we are, uh, maybe relative to the new Christian, we're a little more mature. Well, we need to be discerning on how we're uh, helping that new Christian grow. And we, maybe they can't handle that meat yet, right? And they need that, that milk of the word. And so it's kind of on us uh, to be discerning on how we're helping them in their walk, but also it's, it's on us that we need to uh, desire the milk and grow from that stage into the meat and, and continue on. Um, moving along, uh, same kind of theme here, 1 Corinthians 3, 2. says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. All right, so that's kind of what I just talked about. It makes me think about um, little Walker, our son that was just born. Uh, so we've had, all, all of our kids have been small babies, uh, which I'm sure Haley is thankful for. Uh, but so they all start out real low on the growth chart. Well, Walker has kind of been on the lowest of the growth chart. And it's funny how uh, he's totally healthy, he looks fine, but on that chart, he's lower than they want him to be, and he's not, he's not, accelerating with it. So uh, when they see that, when the doctors and the nurses see that, it's like alarm bells going off, and all of a sudden, it's like, pump him with milk every way that you can, right? And get him growing. Um, and so he, but it would be nice, you know, because once they start eating, well, they get a lot more calories they can get, you know, kind of grow, but uh, the milk, you got to you only have so much. Now you have to start supplementing with formula. Um, and that's the thing is, if he didn't grow and he didn't um, get back on that chart, well, then there's high cause for alarm, right? And that's what these doctors are trying to signal early so that it doesn't become a problem. Well, as Christians in your new walk, if you're not growing, there should be alarm bells going off. And you need to signal that early so that you can catch up, right? Um, obviously, there's no growth chart uh, specifically for a Christian, but just the fact that you are growing, desiring to walk closer with God, looking for his will, uh, submission and obedience to what his word says, um, you should be seeking these things to grow. All right. Um, Colossians 1, 10 through 11, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So again, here calling us to grow um, by increasing in the knowledge of God, uh, increasing our strength that comes from him. Um, so <clears throat> when we think about being young spiritually um, and physically, so, most, so far we've kind of mostly talked about spiritual. Isn't it, uh, isn't it interesting how obvious it is um, the targeted campaign at our physically young children right now, right? They are um, 
you know, there are ratings for how many same-sex couples are in the cartoon shows, right? And companies are competing to be the highest rated on these kind of things. Um, you've got all these different uh, marches and assemblies that are, you see insanity happening, and then you see little children just dotting the whole audience, watching all of that go down. Um, it's, it, it's in uh, Disneyland, right? Disney World. Uh, they've talked about it in their meetings. They've got uh, princesses with beards leading the princess shop at Disney World, right? So, but isn't that interesting that they really want to go after those children? And pastors said it a million times, our children are under attack. And they are because the devil is looking for that easy target, right? Just like a lion, he doesn't want to charge straight to the middle of the whole pack of antelope. He wants to grab that one that's off to the side. And when you're young, most likely you are spiritually and physically young. So your mind hasn't developed your spirit hasn't developed, your spiritual knowledge, um, you're an easy target for the devil. And so it makes sense that they would be targeted, whether it's school, whether it's entertainment, it's at every facet. So um, it just kind of proves the point. The devil is after these easy targets, and we see it, I think, one of the most evident is against the young. All right, so now we've got weak and the young. Next one for an easy target is the wounded. All right, so this one, again, spiritually, physically. Um, and uh, so Romans 12:5 says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members of another. This is talking about the church. Um, God puts us all here as he sees fit, right? So if we're all one body, then there should be no reason to harm ourselves. If we harm another, we're harming ourselves, correct? Because we are put here to be one body. So... Um, so none of us should desire to ostracize, harm, anything, offend anybody else because it's our own body. But on the flip side, we shouldn't go around just waiting for or expecting or looking for someone to offend us or harm us or uh, cross us in any way, right? Because we, on the other side, being one body, wouldn't expect another part of our body to hurt us. So we would expect the best intentions if something, if there was an interaction, right? Not the, the negative. So, um, so that's the first point is we are one body. Um, so if we are wounded, um, now uh, that may cause you to pull back and to be uh, alone or something, and that could cause an easy, easier target or open a door for the devil. When there's strife, that's an open door for him to get in and start causing some division and chaos. So um, in Psalm 119, 165, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So this verse came up uh, not too long ago, and uh, I think one of pastors. Um, but it's just saying we should be thick-skinned because we should be expecting the best, especially of our church family. So... Um, if someone says something that we think is offensive, we probably should take that in the most beneficial light possible. Maybe they didn't know what they were saying. Maybe they heard you wrong. Uh, you know, maybe they were just, maybe they were having a bad day and they snapped. But um, we're one body. We shouldn't be offended easily because we're we're one in Christ. So, um, and the reason those two points are so important is, like I said, because 
if someone feels wronged or wounded, uh, that can cause them to pull back, not to be at church, um, and maybe then to also start causing division because when you're hurt, you, you want people to understand and kind of be on your side, right? So you're going to look for those people who are sympathetic for, to your cause. Well, just by that fact alone, it has a potential to cause that division. So <clears throat> something to be on the lookout for. And, and again, just those, those doors that every one we can close helps us be stronger to resist the devil. All right, the next open door here, uh, or the next uh, way to be an easier target, uh, being sick. So again, spiritually, physically, but we obviously can't help being sick physically. Um, The thing is, when you're, you know, I kind of think about uh, with this one, I think back to like survival training, and um, we went through training, and they would, uh, you know, basically catch us, and they would pretend to be the bad guys, their pretending seems very real. Um, so, but some techniques that they told us about that other, that, you know, the, the bad guys would use against you potentially is to um, sleep deprive you or to food deprive you or in, in some other way weaken you. And so um, if you're sick, you're also being weakened. And when you're physically weak, it's a lot harder to resist when you're going through things, right? And it's, it's easier to, and we've all done it, we justify to ourselves like, well, I would really like to lose weight, but I deserve this Oreo cheesecake here right now, right? Because it's been a hard week, so I need this Oreo cheesecake. So, um, I mean, I would never do that, but I'm sure some of you have. Uh, but... Uh, so it's just easier when you're tired, when you have had that hard week, it's easier to just say, okay, if I just give in here, or uh, if I just uh, allow that, that one time, you know, it just weakens you overall. So something to be aware of when you're in that situation that you have to hold strong. Um, so wounded spiritually, whether you're offended or um, hurt or uh, anything like that, kind of emotionally wounded or physically wounded, they're both equal uh, opportunities for the devil to get in there. All right. Uh, so we've got weak, young, wounded, um, and then sick. We talked about, uh, we're going into. So uh, depression, obviously, um, the mental side that can lead to some issues. Um, false teachers. So this is one I was thinking about um, watching just who you are listening to. So, uh, it's, it's easy. Um, there's so many people on YouTube that are good, and, but there's so many that are bad. And so I feel like this is an easy trap to fall into because it's real easy for people to say, to take a passage and unintentionally or intentionally twist it, take it out of context to where you hear that verse and you're like, well, that's from the Bible and what he's saying makes sense, but it's, it's skewed right? And the devil didn't go off the reservation with the apple and Eve. He just skewed it just a little bit, right? So um, thinking of false teachers, especially in this day and age, man, you better be praying for wisdom and the discernment to righteously figure out what's going on, right? And take in what you're hearing and be able to uh, decipher. We look at the news, right? I feel like I can't trust a single thing that I hear from any of the channels anymore. And so when you hear something, you can't just jump straight to, 
this is right and this is wrong because there's different sides. There's probably an agenda being pushed. There's a a, a spin put on the, the story that you're getting. So it's probably wise to maybe um, listen, listen to it, but reserve, just reserve a little bit before going full throttle in one direction, right? Because there's probably more to it. Um, but having that discernment to see the false teachers and the, um, the, the stray uh, comments there. Uh, resentment, we talked about that a little bit. Um, or... Uh, uh, bitterness, resentment, or bitterness—that can—that's one of those things that uh, they call it a root of bitterness for a reason, right? Because roots are going to grow. Uh, so if you have that bitterness or resentment, that can grow into something much bigger if you just let that fester there. Uh, and then pride, pride's the root of all sin, right? And so that's something we need to be aware of and try to um, actively maintain humble uh, a humble posture. Um, and watch out for that pride, because that's our natural flesh wants to be the king of our own domain, right? And our own Lord, and like God. It's why the devil fell, because he wanted to be like God. So, um, uh, so sick. Lots of different ways that can kind of present itself. All right, so weak, young, wounded, and sick. Now, all of these can, you can see how they're kind of intertwined. Um, you might be weak because you're wounded, or you might be weak because you're sick, or you might be sick because you're wounded. They, they can kind of play off of each other, right? <clears throat> but I would argue that uh, the greatest desire of a lion uh, trying to attack its prey and take it down, lion probably doesn't care if you're young, wounded, weak, um, or sick, what he really cares about is that you're alone, right? So if you're weak, young, wounded, or sick, that has a high potential to bring you into isolation. So isolation, I think, is the most dangerous uh, concept here tonight. Um, Whether you're pulling back voluntarily or um, even if it's things out of your control. For example, sick. Maybe you aren't able to come into church because you're bedridden or some other ailment keeps you from church. Obviously, um, we have the online um, streaming for, for those people who can't make it in, and that's great. Um, but it's still a place to be aware of that you're not in church with the brethren, and there is a potential pitfall there, right? Um, whether it's to just fit it into your own schedule or forget about it because you get busy or uh, anything like that. So isolation in and of itself, is, is kind of a red flag that you have to really watch out for. Um, so the first one, why does isolation matter? Well, if you're isolated, you're not at church. Why does church matter? Hebrews 10, 25. Um, it tells us, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And it feels like that day is getting closer, right? So, so much the more... I'm, I don't know. I think we should start a petition to pastor maybe Monday through Friday for church instead of just Wednesday. So, um, but not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, I would say that is if you have the ability, then you should be there, right? Um, now, I know things, things, we have busy lives and work and all these different things, but we should make every effort to be here uh, when we can 
uh, and when the, when the church is open. So I've always, you know, there's some, some things in the Bible that uh, you read, and a lot of times you can read a passage, and just the tone you read it with kind of just changes everything entirely, right? This one always kind of, like, makes me laugh a little bit. I don't think he means it this way, um, but I kind of imagine him writing, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more. It's, it's almost like he's, like, calling out, like, a specific group that he's, like, it's almost this passive-aggressive, like, yeah, these guys are not doing it. I don't think he's saying that, but I think he's saying, in general, many people aren't showing up to church like they should, right? The gathering of the saints. Um, so the church, it says right here, just don't miss church. We should be there, not forsaking our assembling. But it also gives a reason why we should be there, exhorting one another um, so that so much the more as the day approaches. Because as that day approaches, there's a lot of negativity, a lot of bad things that we have coming that the Bible tells us, right? Um, it's nice to be in a group of uh, like-minded individuals, our church family, who can help to exhort and uh, edify us. So um, one of the, the reasons for church in the first place. All right, Acts 20, uh, verse 28. This is Paul to the Ephesian elders, um, but I think that it, it makes sense for us as well. It says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So uh, he's telling the elders, hey, watch over the flock. It's, it's in your hands now. Um, and then he says, which uh, he hath purchased with his own blood, meaning Jesus. So I feel like if Jesus is willing to sacrifice his life and spill his own blood for the church, that the church is probably an important thing in the Christian walk, right? Um, he, uh, he's willing to die for it, and God is, not, God is not setting anything into motion just flippantly, right? There's a reason for everything that happens. And church is not just a social gathering. It's not somewhere just to come to say hi to people. It's a place to get fed and edified and ex- exhort each other and to sharpen each other, and which we'll get into here. Um, actually, in two verses. But first, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. So we're comforting each other, edifying each other. Proverbs 27.17, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. We can't, uh, if we're just staying home, we're, we're getting dull, right? We need to come in because we need, that, um, we need those fellow, fellow believers to uh, help us grow. It's going back to that we're called to mature. Well, what better way to mature than to be around more mature Christians in the church? Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have, uh, then they have heat, but how can one warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a three, threefold cord is not quickly broken. So he's saying, we're not meant to be alone. What did God say, uh, why did God give Adam 
a woman because he, it wasn't good for him to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. He, he wasn't getting the companionship from the animals. He got companionship from Eve. So um, in the same vein, we are not meant to be in a Christian walk alone. We're meant to be in a Christian walk with a community of believers. And he says, don't forsake the gathering because how are we going to, like he says here, if two, um, how can one be warm alone? Um, how can we edify ourselves? How can we sharpen ourselves? How can we comfort ourselves? How can we um, exhort ourselves? It's, that's, all very, uh, that's all very by my own might kind of thinking. Uh, we need each other because we are to help each other in all these areas. And it's, and it's both ways too, right? It's not just so that I can be edified, exhorted, and comforted. It's so that I can also exhort, edify, and comfort. So, um, uh, so that's, that's the point here. We're stronger together. And, um, and when you take that back to the lion and the prey, the lion's looking for the outlier. He's not looking for the herd, right? So... Um, here's a huge one, why being isolated is so uh, dangerous. There's no accountability for yourself. Um, Romans 14, 12, it says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So I said there's no accountability. That's true, but there is ultimate accountability. There's no accountability while you're in the moment just by yourself. Um, again, it's easier for, uh, for us to explain things away and justify things. If you have someone else looking at it, they can say, no, you're making excuses. You need to stop doing that, or you should do that differently, or, or whatever. But even if we think we can do all this alone, we are to give an account of ourselves to God. So ultimately, we are going to be accountable. So why not be with other believers to help keep us accountable along the way to get us, keep us on that right path? Galatians 6, 1 through 3 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. It's like I said, it's easy to deceive yourself. The heart is desperately weak, uh, wicked, right? Um, and deceitful above all things. So, if a man be overtaken in a fault, first off, ye which are spiritual. So we're called to uh, do these corrections spiritually. So discerning with wisdom, restore such as, uh, and one another. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Realize this correction and the accountability is not just finger pointing. It's, hey, I get it. I could easily fall into that same exact pitfall. But this is where it's going wrong. This is why it's wrong. Let me help you, and you can walk together because two are stronger than one. Um, so uh, you can, yeah, you can also be tempted. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We've had uh, very up close and personal um, interaction with this one lately, with uh, the sickness and loss in the church recently. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceive himself. We, are, we can easily explain things away and deceive ourselves. In James 5.16, talking about accountability, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. 
The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Um, So again, he's talking about, hey, this is what I'm struggling in, and people coming alongside you to help you in those areas that you may be struggling. It's a lot easier when when someone knows an issue that you have, and they can come over and say, hey, how's that going? And then you're like, ugh, it's not great. It's a lot easier to stay on track when you have that, but it's a lot um, maybe more comfortable to not have anyone know that, and now you're just fighting yourself trying to keep in the right vein, right, in the right way. So, uh, again, point of the church is accountability, and that accountability is so important. As we see in a world with no accountability, how it can go off the rails quick, but when we're with our fellow believers, it can help us keep on that right path. Um, and then the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Going back to prayer is powerful, right? Um, and, and it's necessary. All right, so um, we've talked through uh, just these five, you know, not groundbreaking, but just kind of when I was thinking through this, um, the lion and the prey, and what that lion is, the devil is as a roaring lion. He's looking for that person who's uh, weak, young, wounded, sick, but ultimately isolated. And regardless of the reason they're isolated, that's what he's looking for. And those are the doors that we have to be shutting at all times. And it's not just one time shutting that door because he's, he's beating on those doors trying to open it at all times. So um, be on guard, be on the lookout. Uh, one more kind of uh, just fact I looked up whenever I was looking on the, uh, the Google machines for uh, how lions hunt um, it says, normally several lions circle the herd they are attacking, slowly driving their victims towards some of their fellows hiding in tall grass. You ever feel like you're just being attacked from all different directions? There's things coming at you from different directions. You're stressed. You've got a time crunch. You've got uh, people you know, upset with you. You've got financial problems, marital problems, everything. Maybe there's just from all different directions it feels like things are coming in. That's a tactic to weaken you, and it's trying to push you into, I'm just going to withdraw, and I'm going to go just by myself. And if we look in the Bible, do we have any examples of this, uh, this attack of the devil and this technique? We do. Um, when we look at Job, he's the classic example, right, of uh, faithfulness through adversity. Uh, Job was made weak. He was sick. Um, he he wasn't spiritually young, but he was wounded. Um, he uh, was isolated. He lost his family, his animals, his servants, and then eventually his friends. So now he is completely isolated. Why do you think the devil is going through this? He's trying to, he obviously he's trying to um, attack Job as his prey, and he's using all these te- techniques to try to isolate him. Well, he gets him isolated, but Job stands strong, he stays faithful, and then God rewards that faithfulness, right? So, um, so there are examples of this happening, and, um, and it's just, some, just like I said, it's nothing uh, groundbreaking here, but it's things to be aware of and to just flags, warning flags to have up that when you see these kind of things, be on guard because that's when an attack is easy to happen. So, all right. Well, thank you, guys. Um, We'll go ahead and pray. Um, Dear God, thank you so much for uh, letting me be up here and 
uh, speak what you had on my heart. Um, I pray that it was a help and uh, for everyone here and that it can be used going forward and um, that it glorifies you and honors you uh, and that we have a good week and uh, we come back safely this Sunday. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.